Hello and welcome to Your Employment Matters. I'm Beverly Williams and I'm here to help you navigate your career. This is for anyone who's searching for their dream job or promotion, or perhaps you're just looking to hang on to the job you have. Today's work environments are multi-generational, multi-religious, multinational, multiracial, and multi-gender and multi-gender identity. Add market disruptors like Amazon and Lyft, along with the addition of AI, and it's easy to see why finding and keeping a job is such a challenge. Employment success and even employment survival depend on your ability to adapt. That's why my goal for this 30-minute podcast is to first advocate embracing change and differences, and second, to encourage you to proactively assume responsibility for your career. Get your work week off to a good start by listening to Your Employment Matters every Monday. Find out how to own your career and get the best practices for making your employment matter. You went to a podcast networking opportunity? Mm Mm-hmm. Podfest. It's one of the big conventions, podcasting conventions. There's Podfest and then there's what's the other one? I don't know. Oh my gosh, my brain just went blank. Anyway, it's phenomenal. I really like it. It's the one that's more indie podcasters, you know, than the big companies like Spotify and NPR and all them go to the other one. But Podfest is more the indie people. And so it just feels like family. I don't know. I really, oh, okay. really like it. So Where it's in Orlando. In Orlando? Yeah. What about, are you, are you up North? I don't know why. I think. Yeah. I'm in New Jersey. Where are you? Okay. I am down in a little town called India Atlantic. It's on a little Island just South of Cocoa beach. So oh, okay. I live in a place called the space coast. And so we're on the beach, but then we also have NASA here. So we have the rockets and all that kind of stuff. It is, it's a geek paradise is what it is. Really? Oh, that's great. So yeah, we get to watch rocket launches from our front yard and. Oh, Wow. Uh, and so right now, Elon Musk is shooting all these things into space. So it happens a lot. There are all kinds of things we're launching. I don't know if it, people around the country know how much junk we're putting into the sky. But no, anyway. I don't think they do. Because, you know, yeah. if they did, environmentalists would be protesting. I know, because we've got, he's just Elon Musk alone has hundreds at he needs minimum to save his of money. satellites. He's money. Right. And do you know he even launched a Tesla? There's a Tesla orbiting the earth right now. Are you kidding? Or out out past our atmosphere. Yeah. No, just because he could. <laughs> it's a thing. Yeah. That's you mean he he, he launched a car? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can Google that. There's a car in space. Oh, wow. I think it just goes to show you though that you can have too much money. There is Apparently a point you can. where, you know, or when Jeff Bezos. Yes. What about six months ago, thanked everyone who shopped on Amazon so that he could go to space. And I thought, we know that we contributed to you being able to do that, but hearing it did not make us feel better. I'm just going to say for me. Well, anyway. but I'm sure in his mind, he thought that he should express his gratitude and that was not over the top. You know what I'm saying? You know, thank the little people. Which, you know, I mean, maybe that's a better way to look at it, probably. No, I'm sure that's what he thought. Yeah. And, you know, I I just placed an order on Amazon and had one delivered today. So 
I tried to go to Bed Bath and Beyond and I got there. They didn't have a meat thermometer and a candy thermometer. She said, oh, I could get it for you over online. And I said, well, when would I get it? Oh, in about three to five days. No, that's okay. I'll have one of those thermometers from Amazon by tomorrow. Isn't that wild? I tried. Right? I Oh my gosh. When we lived in Nashville, we had that two-hour delivery. And so when they first got there, my husband said, oh, you know what? I really want a sound bar for the TV. I want to see if this works. And sure enough, in an hour and a half, we had this thing. And I thought, wow, we are so spoiled. We, I don't think we realize here how spoiled we are with being able to do things, right? I mean, think about when we were younger, you couldn't order anything online. First of all, if they didn't have it there in your town, no you didn't get it. It was, there was, it was no online. No, it was there or it wasn't. And that was it. You got the color or the style or whatever that the shopper for that store picked. And we were happy about it. I don't know. I think back in my well, day. <laughs> that's what I right. When I was a kid, look, I'm grateful for the creature comforts. I'm basically a lazy person. I work hard. The only thing I like to do around the house is cook. I will cook up a storm. Somebody else has to clean my house. I don't like to do that. But I'm neat. So it doesn't have to be cleaned as often as it used to since I've right. been home. Because I can, you know, keep it pretty together. I wash clothes. I don't iron. It's a waste of my time. I don't iron well. So it's no need for me to spend the time trying to get the things smooth. I send them to the cleaners. Girl, we are, we are Press so only. similar. Yeah. Press or the dryer, only. right? I love the dryer, the the fluff thing. Oh yeah. I, I just put my Sunday clothes in there and it, it does a miraculous job. Yes. And I think it's different when you're an attorney, you got to go to court. You need to use that dry cleaner and have them press things where it's really sharp. But as yeah. someone who has a home studio, yeah, it's the dryers, my friend. And I, you know, for some reason, when I iron things, they actually turn out more wrinkled. I don't even yes. know how I do it. You know, I, I after I've spent a, I, a lot of time on it and I hold it up and it's like, really? I said, no, I'm not doing it anymore. No. And no, I, and I also, it. Yeah, have somebody clean my house. Now they only come once a month. They do the deep cleaning. But you know what? That is something I learned early on. It takes so much time. They can and the girl that that has a business here, I love supporting the people that have a cleaning business on their own. I don't want to support some corporate thing where they're right. making all this money and paying the girls minimum wage. I don't like that. But she yeah. has a team that she pays well. And the eight people come into my house in one hour, they're done, they leave. It's the most amazing thing. It's like ants everywhere. And they love to clean my house because everything is neat. Everything is in place. All I want you to do is clean, dust, vacuum, clean the bathrooms because I know where everything is. I don't want you putting anything away so I can't find it. And I love to walk in my house and it to be is that a good feeling? It or is what? the best feeling. And well, and it's so funny because, you know, my husband used to work outside of the home. And so when we, the cleaning people would come the day before we would scramble. And then the morning that they would get there, we would completely scramble, and put everything away because yeah, I don't want them putting my things right. away and they can't clean if it's a mess, right? There's a exactly. difference between dirty and untidy. So I can do the tidy. They do the dirty. 
But when my husband came home, he was watching me run for two hours before they got here. And he said, wait a minute, the cleaning people are coming. Why are you cleaning? And I said, they don't get it. No, no, no. You don't know. I do three quarters of the work, honestly, before they get here. They do the part that smells pretty, but all of the picking up because, you know, we had so many kids and well, when we had so many kids at home, they did the cleaning. I'm not going to lie, but the 11, 13 year old can't do all that. But when my other kids were younger, we did it too, because it just takes so much time. And for some reason, I don't know about you, but when I'm cleaning, I'll pick something up and I'll look at it and I'll think about it. And before I move on and they just clean, they're not doing that. And And they do it better. They They really do do it better. I'm sorry. They do it. I'm not getting on my hands and knees and scrubbing around that toilet floor if I don't have to, you know, And when I I saw that, because that's what I saw. She was on her hands and knees in the in the guest bathroom, and I said, "Okay, I'm going to have to. Ha- I, I'm not doing that. I'm going to have to keep them." One of my girlfriends told her husband because she wasn't she had gotten laid off. She wasn't working. She says she told him she says, "Before I give up my cleaning lady, I will give you up. <laughs> I am well, not giving up my cleaning lady." And, you know, a lot of husbands don't understand. And there's a guy named James Dobson. He's a Christian guy. Like back in the day when my kids were little in the 80s, he was telling young moms, he said, you know, you don't have a lot of money right now because you've got all these little kids. But the one thing husbands need to let their wives spend money on is having somebody come once a week or once a month and just take that pressure off because she is already so busy. And I thought, ha, ha, ha. There we go. There's my back. Right. That's what I need. Exactly. But it's true. And and you're does it feels so good. The rest of that day, I don't know. It just I make everybody not touch anything. We eat yes. dinner out that I mean, day I and walk, everything. I walk in the house and I just smile. Yeah. It, it feels like it did when you bought it, doesn't it? Exactly. It's, it feels better. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I and I had some work done in the kitchen and it was like when the contractor said, oh, well, you know, there's going to be demolition. What? Demolition? <laughs> what does that mean? And he looks at me. He says, Beverly, what do you think it means? So all I could think of was all that soot and that concrete and uh, drywall yeah. over everything. And then a friend of mine told me, I have somebody for you. And they came in and they cleaned everything. It was miraculous. But they had to do it over time about, I think they came three times before it was where it needed to be. Yeah, that dust. We had that happen once. Somebody had to drill a hole in our slab floor. Oh my goodness. It I don't even know how it goes so far in your house. And I really, I commend people with a cleaning business. I really do. That is not an easy job. No, it isn't. It is not. It really isn't, but I'm grateful that they exist. Yeah. I really admire people that do. You know, back in the day, I would tell my kids, you have to go to college, you have to go to college. And then one of my sons said, but you know, I really, I'm not a school guy. I hate school. And I said, okay, then if you can't get your degree, that's fine. But kind of go back to what you were saying before get a skill in something, right? You can be HVAC, you can be a car mechanic, you can be a plumber. Like as long as you can do something, you need a skill. And I greatly admire people that have blue collar skills because those, they work hard. 
they work so hard. And I don't think they and get we enough credit them. for what they do. Well, yes, we do. We need them. Absolutely. I know. I told my kids growing up, I said, okay, because in the beginning there was four, right? I said, I want an attorney, a doctor, a car mechanic, <laughs> and a plumber. That's what I want. So figure it out between yourselves. I don't have any one of those things, but that's okay. They're all happy with what they do. But I thought we'd be set up forever, you know? Right. Get it all covered. But. No. It's a do what you want, but you got to do something. Yeah. You know, you've got to pursue. That's right. You need a you skill. You have to enhance your marketability by acquiring additional skills. Yeah. Because I'll okay? tell you what, so whatever that is. Yeah. And, you know, for your listeners, I tell you what. So, you know, I had done all these things, right? I was the operator and an EMT and did all the things, but nothing that really paid well. You know, none of it was too much skill. And so when I found myself single with four kids, man, that was a mess, which is why I keep telling everybody, get a skill. Even if you think you're going to stay home, raise your kids, that's fine. But that might not work the way you think. And you should always make sure you can take care of yourself and those kids. If, for heaven forbid, something goes south. Something happens. You know, because no, you just I, don't know. But, you know, people are starting cottage industries, making cookies, baking cakes. I love the Food Network. You know, I'm a home baker oh. and I'm like, oh, look at that. I'd buy that cake. I'd buy that pie. I mean, there's so many things. People are so talented. I'll tell anybody, I'm not creative. I can turn a phrase, but I'm not creative. And it's, but you are. No, I'm not. And I'm lazy. I want to do what I want to do when I want to do it. I like what I do. But you know what? You said I have to send my clothes to the cleaners because I have to go to court. I don't go to court anymore. I stopped. I said, that's it. No more court. I don't want to try any more cases. I don't want a second chair any more cases. I don't want to handle any more sexual harassment cases. No, I do. My practice is limited to investigations, arbitration, and I work from home. Isn't that wonderful? It is amazing. I love it. I do too. I really do. Now, I don't know the people that, you know, I, my interaction with the people in the firm is limited, so I don't really know them. But I love this because, you know, I'm very organized. So, it, you know, when I was writing my book, I would get up at six o'clock in the morning. I'd be at my computer by eight or eight thirty and I'd stay there until, you know, off and on until whatever. And then the two books got written. Works for me. And now. Absolutely. My physical therapist called and said, I need your help. Someone's do violating a not, uh, an NDA, <laughs> a non-disclosure agreement. I said, oh, here we go. But I don't have to go into court. And we resolved it in two days. No problem. That's amazing. Very amicably. And see, that's what I'm, that's the side of the law that I want to focus on now. And I have the option to do that. So I can work from home because I honestly believe that if you don't use your mind, you will lose your mind. 
you will definitely lose your ability to think the way you'd like to. And I don't want to do that. My mother had had Alzheimer's disease. I'm trying to stem the tide. If it's on the horizon, I'm trying to push it back. Yeah, no, that's really important. You know, and it's funny, my dad had a had a home office. And when I was 10 or 11, he came home to work. And I remember every time I would get a job, I would just dread it. And I couldn't think, I'm like, am I lazy? Is there something wrong with me? And then here I have my home office and I started my company and I realized, oh my gosh, it wasn't lazy. It was that I watched him and the freedom he had and whatever money he made, it was his money, right? It wasn't somebody else's money. And there's so much to be said for that. And I love that more people have the opportunity to do that now. I think in the last few years is that we can work from home. And even if you do work from somebody else, you can set your hours more and decide what you're going to do, right? Like you're working with the firm and you still wrote a couple of books. Isn't that, it's just amazing to me because we couldn't have done that 20 years ago. Well, I started my business about 10 years ago and I don't know whether it was hubris or just me thinking that I could do anything I wanted to do. I didn't start my business the way I should have. I thought that I could just write a book. And although that was easier than I thought it would be, in retrospect, I know that the first book could have been better. And the second book was much better. And plus, I had a traditional publisher. I pub- I self-published the first book. A traditional publisher reached out to me and asked me to write a book. And I did the second book, which was much better. But I don't know what I need to do. My business is picking up. But I poured so much money into it. That is like, you know, you're going to be eating cat food in a minute if you're not careful. And it's like, so what? You know, what am I going to do? I'm committed. You know, it's like you went down this rabbit hole and it it was the right thing for me to do at the time because during the recession, it was making me crazy with people losing their jobs and seeing people crying on television and men in three-piece suits out there looking for work as executives and knowing that they weren't going to get those jobs because they weren't going about it the right way. That's one of the reasons they weren't going to get them. And I was just, it really just tore me up. And I said, you know what? I can help. I can make a difference. And I couldn't get the traction that I needed to get because I didn't go about it the right way. Is that what led you to start your podcast? I was in a meeting, a meeting of female lawyers. And this one woman said she was talking about her podcast. And I thought to myself, that sounds like fun. And so I asked her about it. So she introduced me to her podcast provider. And that that was about two years ago. And I've been doing it ever since. And I enjoy it because I know that there is a repository of uh, useful information that's free. That if people who are looking for work listen to the 
interviews of people who have been through all kinds of situations, corporate people, nonprofits, creatives, artists, lawyers, doctors, all kinds of people from one end of the country to the other. If they listen to those interviews, it'll help them. So I I feel good about that. That gave me a sense of, well, you've accomplished something. You're making a difference. And what I think I'm going to do is I'm going to turn these, my interviews into chapters, book chapters. Oh, I love that. Yeah. You know, I said, you know what? That's how I'll write the next book. Because, I, you know, I have a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist who I interviewed, a friend of mine. He was a friend of a friend's and virtual introduction. And then he was, a, he said he agreed to be interviewed, a documentary film producer. Who knew? He lost his job. He was working for a large music company in New York. He lost his job. He was depressed. He didn't know what he was going to do. All of a sudden, his films were on PBS. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe this. So, I mean, you know, they're, they're aspirational and inspirational stories. And, and, you know, people, their truth is someone else's springboard. Oh, I like that. We could write that down. Yeah. You better, because I won't remember I said it. (laughs) I'm writing that down. Yeah, that's amazing, isn't it? And I think that's the thing about podcasting is that you have the opportunity to talk to people you might not have ever been able to reach out to before. Right. And they're happy to come on the show and talk and you get these connections. And sometimes it, it just overwhelms me the amount of incredible people that I get to talk to just because I do this, yes. you know, and I get to share the, their message with the world. I get to share your message, which I think is so, it honestly is so inspirational to me. It really is. I mean, working full time to put yourself through law school and everything. And you say, oh, but that's just what I did, which to you, it just seems like normal, but to a lot of other people, it is truly inspiring. So I love it. Like I said, you can do whatever you put your mind to do if you're willing to put in the work. Like I said, I'm lazy, but I'm not lazy about certain things. The things I don't want to do, I'm lazy about. And I don't do them well. (laughs) So (laughs) I'm not going to knock myself out. I'll find a workaround. I'll find another way to get it done. See, I don't think you're lazy. I think you're just picky. I see myself the same way, right? There's there's things I just don't want to do and I really put them off. But the things yeah. that I want to do, I'm all about it. I can get a lot of that done. Yeah, but, I, I guess that's it. Things. I guess that's it because I don't like to clean. It drives me crazy. But I like a clean house. I love walking into that clean house. So I do what I have to do to make sure that I can pay for it. You know, what's important to you, you should work at. And I think that will bring people, if they do that, it will bring them happiness. And to your earlier point, it's different. It it means different things to different people. Not one size fits all. No, definitely not. Definitely not. But, you know, and, and so many people say, well, you know, I don't have time to make changes. I don't have time to do whatever, but they do have time to watch hours and hours of television. 
And I think you could cut some of that time down. There's so many hours in the day. We all have 24 hours. So we can make time for the thing. We will, I guess, in essence, we do make time for the things we really want to make time for, right? Well, they really want to make time for television. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I think no one wants to admit that. And, and so it's easier to just say, well, I don't have time, but, or, you know, it, family, I don't have time to be with my family. But you actually, you could if you figured it out. So I think, and that's the, that's the important thing though, is that a lot of people don't take the time to sit down and think, what do I want? What do I want to spend my time on? Right. We only have a finite amount of time. So deciding and working towards that instead of just turning on the TV as soon as we get home from work and then doing that for the rest of the day. And then five years later, realizing there's so many things I could have done with that time. The time to decide is now. You could go to school or you could take a class in baking or basket weaving or whatever you want to do. You know, I think I try to tell people you want to position yourself to have choices. You want to maximize your choices. And if you do that, I think people will be happier. When you limit yourself and there's only one path for you to take, or you think there's only one path for you to take, that can depress you. Oh, yeah. That could depress you. You know, my son was in college and he had almost a free ride for four years. He was only going to pay a couple thousand dollars for a bachelor's degree. And he really wanted to quit. And I took him into the office and we sat down with this woman and he said, you know, I don't understand. I live in this awful apartment, which he did. He said, I can just make minimum wage for the rest of my life. And she said, and I thought this was so brilliant. If you are happy living on minimum wage in this apartment that is pretty yucky, that's fine for you. But how about you get this college degree so that you can make money and then help other people with the money you don't need? Because there's a lot of people that don't have the ability to make the money and they need things. So what if you use that to help them? And it clicked with him. And so he decided to stay because he thought, well, yeah, I guess I could do that. And then turned out was the resident advisor and did all these other things and got free housing and made the most of that stay. And I was so proud of him. But I thought that woman was just absolutely brilliant for saying that. And just that instead of just saying, okay, well, yeah, I guess you could just give up, you know? But you do realize that if she had said that to a different kind of person, it wouldn't have yielded the same result. Right. You know, kudos to your son. He wanted to help people. There are others who would say, well, I don't want to do that. I don't care. Well, that's true. Yeah. You know, yeah. so your your son deserves a lot of credit. Oh, I was so proud of him. I really was. Yeah, I it can was, understand that. It was a lot. So, yeah. And was he, he working nonprofit? No, he's um he loves the earth. He loves it so much. And so he's a geologist and he graduated a few years ago and he finally got a job in geology and he is so thrilled to death. Oh, that's so great. That's what he's doing. Honestly, I couldn't even tell you exactly what he does, but I know it's something that he wants to be doing. And and you know, that's the key right there, isn't it? I mean, we all it, want oh, something absolutely. different. I absolutely. would not want to work with the earth. I have all kinds of allergies. I don't like getting dirty. It's so funny, but you could give my son one outfit and a tent and he'd be happy to live off the land for a year. And so that's what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's not me either. Not at all. But it's funny, you know, his girlfriend, is, well, his fiance, I guess, 
she got a full ride scholarship to law school up in Wisconsin. And so she's going to be a judge. So they have completely different. Well, that's her goal. They have completely different paths. So it's going to be very interesting to see how this all pans out. Yeah, it's great. I love, I don't know, kids. It's like a present. It's like the longest opening present you ever have. You know, you get them when you're a baby and you don't know what they're going to look like. And then you don't know what the job they're going to have. And I don't know. I feel like I'm still opening the present. It's pretty exciting. Well, you are. Because they're, 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 what do they call it? A work in progress. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's beautiful. And you have all these godchildren, which I think is so absolutely wonderful that there's oh. these people out there that have you in their lives. Oh, you have them. no idea. What she called, I'm Beverly. Can we come up for Easter? Sure. I she called two weeks ago. I still haven't heard from her mother. She says, oh, my husband's going to bring Cameron up on the train so he can have a, the experience of riding on the train. And mom and I are going to bring Isaiah up in the car. And I'm like, okay, I haven't heard from her mother. Not a call. I don't even know when they're coming. And I said, you know what? All my food shopping is done. I have to be in the house tomorrow for a delivery. I will make sure that I straighten up the house. I'm not going to have it cleaned until they leave. <laughs> right? I'm going to have to have the cleaning have the cleaning lady come when they excuse me one minute. Who is this? Hello? Hello, this is Alicia Davis from Andy. They have an assembly today? Yeah. No, I have an assembly tomorrow at two o'clock. Tomorrow at two you don't have a chair assembly today at all? No, it was scheduled for today at seven PM. But it's more than right. one chair and by seven o'clock it's gonna be dark. So, so I rescheduled it until for tomorrow at two o'clock. Will you be here at tomorrow at two o'clock? I think um, somebody else will be here tomorrow at two o'clock. Will somebody be here tomorrow at two o'clock? If you reschedule it, ma'am, somebody will definitely be there. Okay, this is not good. Okay, who do I have to call? Um. Did they already told you that somebody? Do you already? No, I I, I rescheduled it online. Okay. Well, if you reschedule online, I'm I'm sure. No, you're not. But you can't be sure. No, I have to call somebody. You can you give me a number to call? Well, thank you for your help. I appreciate it. Goodbye. You see? Yep. And you know what else? I scheduled you. I changed and rescheduled you for 2.30 the way it was supposed to be done. I went on the platform. It still said 2 o'clock. Interesting. So that's why I'm not I'm not fooling with him. I've got to figure out how I, I've got to go online. and Because I don't think they changed it. I wouldn't be surprised. Why is he calling me? First right. of all, it's 4 o'clock. Today, it was scheduled for 7. And they have to put the furniture together. So at night, and it's up for the deck. So why are they scheduling an appointment at seven o'clock at night? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. Oh, please. It's a, it's the bane of my existence. They, do, uh, they don't ring the bells anymore to let you know that there's a delivery. They just put it somewhere and they go. Oh, my gosh. I had somebody put something outside of my garage 
and we have people stealing things all the time in our neighborhood, but outside, the, they didn't even bother coming towards the door. That I, thought, I had a sign on the door, a green sign with black lettering. They didn't come up the stairs. They put the two big boxes at the garage door. Fortunately, I could push them into the garage. I'm sick of them. I'm sick of them. And having it assembled was not cheap. It was almost $200. Right. Well, and I think it goes back to whatever you're going to do for your job, take pride in your work. It doesn't matter, right? If it's assembling a chair, just take pride in your work. Show up when you're supposed to, do the job, do it well. And I think we've lost that for some reason in general. You know, like when you go to the store and you say, where is this thing? A lot of times they don't care. They're not going to help. Don't. I don't know. It it blows my mind. I lost because- my passport in the Atlanta airport. And I asked the United person if there was a lost and found. And she looked at me and she said, you better go back and look for that passport. I'm not doing that. I had just walked through the length of that terminal. I'm not going. I'm not doing that. And so she left and I asked another woman and she was helpful, but she didn't call. I gave her money. I, I She said, no, you don't have to give me money. I said, no, you helped me. The other one didn't. You were willing to help me. So I gave her my phone number. I haven't heard from her either, but I've got my new passport. Well, that's good. Yeah, but I missed my vacation that I paid for. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Well, that's awful. Well, I can tell you a story about losing a passport. <laughs> when I was 17, I, I went to a private school and we went to Europe. And, you know, it's a bunch of high school girls on a bus, right? And I I lost things back then. Now I have a system so that it doesn't happen because it's a thing with me. But somehow I lost my passport and we were going from England to France. And this is pre-9-11, right? So things were different then. But my the tour guide snuck me across the border. Oh my God. It was crazy. And I remember like hiding and sneaking around corners and doing things like you see in a movie. And I thought, you know, there's no way you could possibly get away with that. <laughs> and then I had to go to the embassy and get the thing. It was a, it was a really big deal yeah. uh, because I was a minor in a foreign country without a passport. But that, you know, I have to say that was one of the highlights of that whole trip. Looking back, oh, you, you got a story. You got a, it was, you got a screenplay, right? It was an adrenaline-filled, crazy time. But we did it, and yeah, that was. Mine was not as eventful as that. I was so angry, I didn't know what to do. No, it that's just awful. Slipped through. It's. I thought I was putting it in the pocket. I didn't realize that there was a flap behind the pocket. That uh, just dropped down. It well, just dropped. Silly. And if my niece had not called me as I was walking through the airport, so I stopped to sit down to talk to her to answer the phone, and I saw that my boarding pass was hanging down. And I said, "My God, what, what is that?" I said, "Oh, where's my passport?" It was gone, and the the boarding uh, pass was on its way. But I I kept, I had the boarding pass so I could get home. Wow. I can't. I just said, no, I'm not going back looking for it. I can't. I'm tired. This was more than I bargained for. What I should have done was I should have come home 
and called the passport people to make an appointment to go into one of the passport offices. But I didn't have that. I did. I was too stressed out. I didn't wasn't thinking. So I missed my, my I was supposed to be in St. Lucia for four days with more of my godchildren and her mother because it was her birthday. They were celebrating her birthday. So they went. Oh. I stayed home. Oh, that's a bummer. Yeah. Well, that's life. That's life. But, you know, I don't know about you, but I've, I've discovered that when things like that happen, Sometimes it's because I was supposed to not be doing something. That's what I that's what I said. I said I can't worry you know? about it. I wasn't supposed to go. Sometimes you'd know exactly why. And then sometimes you just you won't know for a long time. But well, when I wrote when I did the the money transfer to pay for the accommodations that I didn't do, I was like, Yeah, you should have been there for that. Because <laughs> that was a waste of money. But it's yeah. gone. Oh, yeah. I can't do anything about it. Yeah. Yeah. That's I wish I had gone, but I couldn't go. So. So before we go, I have a question that I want to start asking everybody on my podcast, because I think it's so important. What is something that you used to place a high value on that you don't anymore? Because we're talking about losing things and not being able to do things. And it just kind of reminded me, you know, there's a lot of things that I used to think were very important. That turns out I did not have to focus on them so much, but I didn't know. What did I think was important that I don't think is important any longer? I don't think it's important for me to say everything I'm thinking. In fact, I have it upon good authority that me saying what I think can be hurtful. That's a a really good one. I don't do that anymore. One of my oldest friends, we've been friends since we were four years old. She said something to me and I, oh, I was talking about my father and I said, you know, he drives me crazy. What comes into his head comes out of his mouth. And she said, now you know where you get it from. Ooh. And I stopped and I thought about it. I didn't say anything to her, but I thought about it and I said, okay. And I know I didn't look at it that way, but yeah. I would say things because it would be true. But, you know, like Jack Nicholson, you can't handle the truth. Mm-hmm. Everybody doesn't want to hear it. They do not. No, they do not. No, they do not. Even if we think it's really important that they do know these things. No, they, they don't want to know. Don't want to they, know. They don't want to hear it. Yeah. And they may. it may be that they don't want to hear it from me. Ooh. Yes. So I don't. And see, but people who've known me for a long time, when I don't say anything, they'll ask, Beverly, don't you have something to say? No. What do you think? And I'll say, are you sure you want to hear it? Their choice. No, I don't. And I tell my godchild, I say nothing. I say nothing, say nothing, say nothing. Keep it moving, keep it moving. So that's our mantra now. Godmother, I say nothing. I say nothing. No, that's what I changed. It's not important. I thought it was important, especially the truth is important, but it doesn't need to be spoken always. I hate a liar. So I don't lie. Yeah. 
Yeah. Tell me something, even if you think I don't want to hear it, that's, I would rather hear the truth that I don't want to hear than find out later you lied. Well, yeah, no, don't don't do that. No. Yeah. I have no tolerance for lies. Yeah. Because trust is gone. It's just, yeah, exactly. So, and so don't ask me if you ask me and I think it's going to, you know, you may have a problem with what I think the truth is. I mean, because I'm not going to make manufacture something to make you feel good. I may leave things out, but if you press me, I'll tell you. Yeah. I really think we are like, I don't know, sisters from another mister. I'll tell you what. Because I feel like, oh, the same thing, you know, and and like with my older kids or like with your God children, right? They know where we stand because they've known us since they were little. And there's things, I don't know about your God kids, but with my kids, they make choices that they clearly know are not things I would have chosen for them. But I don't bother to tell them because they do know that already. And there's no point, right? So if they ask, like you said, if they ask, I'll tell them. But yeah, keeping my mouth shut. It is hard. It's really hard to keep my mouth shut. I don't do it as often as I should. But I think it's harder for my parents. I think it's harder for parents. It's not harder for godparents. Because <laughs> I just want to say, oh my gosh, can't you see? But but you can't. No. Because because you don't want to put that wedge, you know, because no. then they're not going to talk to you about anything. So yeah, no, no. You know, you know one of my girlfriends said, she called, she says, you've got to take her. If you don't take her, I'm going to kill her. You take her. So, okay. Okay. She's not even my godchild, but her father and I were friends, have been friends for a hundred years and her mother and I have become friends. So when they call, they want you to listen. And I got tired of listening. So I said, okay, what can I do? So I introduced her virtually to my niece. They became fast friends. So instead of calling me, they both call each other. I mean, and they know, they know that if anything is going on that's too serious, that one of them will call me. If one's getting ready to do something stupid, the other one will call me. That's the only time I get involved. And that happens rarely. It's, you know. Right. That's good, though, that they have each other and they have you that, you know, I think I told told my girlfriend, I said, that was one of the best decisions I ever made. I said, I sleep at night. I don't have to worry about them. It is just wonderful. You have no idea. And separately, as individuals, they have sound advice to give to each other. They may not take it themselves. They exchange advice so it comes out okay. It's wonderful. Oh, that's great. Absolutely wonderful. That's awesome. You know, sometimes I amaze myself. I don't know where these these ideas come from, but it's that saved me. Because they I was like, you and I just I just listen, listen, listen. Like they don't really want to talk to me. They just want somebody to talk to. And finally they met. They met because one lived in Atlanta and the other one lived in, in D.C. So now they're they're connected. They've met each other. They love each other. They're fast and furious friends. That's awesome. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs>
Well, and, and that's a secret too, isn't it? Is, is having people around you that are trustworthy and responsible that you yes. can bounce things off of. Yeah. Like we were talking about earlier, right? Because yes. you need to have somebody outside of yourself when you're making big decisions and doing big things or. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. And that it does help. It does help. But, you know, everyone needs that. But unfortunately, everyone doesn't have it. That's very true. That's very true. Well, it has been great to talk to you, but I could talk to you all day, but we probably should get going sometime. Well, you know, I, I did, oh, wait, I did have lunch. I had a lean cuisine. <laughs> I didn't gain weight during COVID, but I gained weight in the last month. I've got to get it off. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's my Got to get it off. A lean cuisine. There you go. Now I, I want know. some. Now I want something else. Some food. Yeah. <laughs> some food, right. Because that was about 12 o'clock. I filled our house with fruits and vegetables, just completely filled it so that now if we're hungry, you can get all the things, but as long as it's fruits and vegetables, <laughs> the kids aren't as happy, but I think it's, it's so much better. And so are you, are you, are you going plant-based? I can't go plant-based because my husband will not go plant-based, nor does he, he just has this thing about it, but I'm slowly easing us into smaller portions and away from red meat as much as I can so I can get us healthier because he's been sick for 15 months now. There's something going on and we need to get him better. So we don't know what it is. It looked like MS, but it's not MS. We don't know. So yeah. Well, good luck with that. Be healthier. Thank you. Thank you. It's been so much fun. It has been wonderful. Yeah, we could just talk like this all the time. And we could. <laughs> the Jen and Beverly show. We don't know whether we don't we don't know whether we're sharing wisdom or not, but you know, somebody might pick up something. We're sharing uh, yeah, our thoughts. And it's amazing. I love it. Well, thank you so much for joining me. And um, thank you. Both of our podcasts. This is going to be so amazing. I love it. So mine is Fabulous Over 50, and I'm Jen Hardy. If you want to. And mine is Your Employment Matters with Beverly Williams, and that would be me. That's oh, awesome. and please, can please, my book is available Your GPS to Employment Success How to Find and Succeed. In the Right Job is available on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, my publisher, Business Expert Press, and independent bookstores everywhere. There you go. And I have The Sick Mom's Guide for Moms with Chronic Illness and three different five-year journals all on Amazon. You just look up my name, Jen Hardy. You can find them all. Pick the one that suits you. There we go. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Stay tuned and stay fabulous. Thanks for listening to Your Employment Matters with Beverly Williams. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe and leave a review. I truly appreciate your support and that helps other listeners find the podcast. If you have a comment, question, or suggestion, you can reach me at Williams at youremploymentmatters.com. My book, Get the Job Done, is available on amazon.com and barnesandnoble.com. Please join me again next week. Until then, remember to embrace change and differences.
This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's voices amplified.